gangsters, what's up guys? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of Stream Beat Podcast. Frankie, can you believe it? We made it to episode two. As always, I am your host, Alex Musabai, and with me is my co-founder and co-host, Frankie. What is going on, people? Thank you for joining us again. We appreciate all of our listeners uh, who listened to episode one, shared. Please subscribe, rate, and review on all your podcast mediums, please. Yes, yes, absolutely. That is at Streambeat Pod. Uh, I think it's at that one for YouTube as well. But just type in Streambeat Pod, you'll be able to find it everywhere. We're uh, going to be popping up on a bunch of other streaming podcast platforms, but we should be on the ones you're looking for. And yes, uh, we very much appreciate everyone that tuned in. And joining us today is our good friend and colleague from Miami Heat Beat, Mr. Christian Hernandez, aka at I Can Be Your Hero. What up, guys? I'm very excited to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, all the latest things happening in movies and, you know, my general binges on Netflix. That is exactly what we're getting into today. That's crazy that you knew that off the top of your head. That's wild. Uh, Yes, we're going to be talking the latest stuff in Hollywood, what we binged over the pandemic. That's something I definitely wanted to get Christian's opinion on. And of course, we're going to get into episode six of WandaVision as that continues to be uh, exceeding our expectations. But um, the first thing that we want to do, Frankie, is get into a segment that we couldn't get into last week. uh, And it's going to be basically what's going on in Hollywood. And we're just going to quickly recap the biggest stories of the week. And I think there's no bigger story than uh, Gina Carano uh, basically just giving up the Disney bag for racism. Man, her character in Mandalorian was uh, pretty simple. So I don't think she's uh, like, I I don't know what the plan is to replace her, recast her, kill her off. I'm personally rooting to kill her off. Just (laughs) kill her off. She's not that important. She wasn't that deep of a character emotionally that her range as a character and as a person isn't that deep yeah no as as an actress she's extremely limited yeah she i mean she came from like the fighting world and stuff she's not anything that we're gonna miss so she wants to be racist more than get millions of dollars from disney uh, and and a big fandom like that go be racist lady go screw yourself christian you would think that it pays millions and millions of dollars to be racist because she just gave up a, literally a spinoff show, possible movie appearances, because, you know, the Star Wars world is going to be all connected now. I mean, she literally traded what was going to be a multi-million dollar career for a bunch of neo-Nazi tweets. Well, she's also doing a movie with Ben Shapiro. Well, yeah, she decided to follow up. Her next big move is going to be a uh, feature film produced by Ben Shapiro, so... That, that should be seen in about um, three theaters total. 
Yeah, correct. Because, you know, if I had to make a choice between, you know, Mickey Mouse and his giant bullions of gold and, you know, the guy who can't make his wife wet. Yeah, I think that's a pretty (laughs) easy choice. And that is perfect. That will conclude our Gina Carano takedown. (laughs) No, no. I was going to say, like, do do you actually want to, like... Do you want to share like what sh- like what the final post was? Oh yeah, do you, finally, do you like, have it? I'm just I have it in front of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, I, my computer's it, slow as hell. If I go away from this Zoom, we're gonna lose it. So please. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, this was I guess I'm assuming I guess on her Instagram story. Um, and basically, the the post, which is from an account called Warrior Priest Gym Podcast, <laughs> is shout out to Warrior Priest. <laughs> yeah. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children, sad face emoji. And then in quotes, because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Jesus Christ. So she basically (laughs) equated being a Republican in this political climate to being a Jew in Nazi Germany. That is not the way. It's just not the way. Um, Wow. I mean, credit to Disney. They did exactly what they were supposed to do as soon as – as soon as yeah, as soon as at least I heard it, she was already fired, which was which was great because I mean that's there's no place for that in the world today or in the Jedi world for that matter. I mean, no credit to Disney. They she's made so many problematic posts and tweets over. Did like, she? Uh, because uh, I don't know anything mm-hmm. about her besides. Oh no, this. no. Yeah, this, yeah. This, there were this was the lot. final straw. But well, but, then right. what the hell? There were this so pretty- many straws. Before oh, this. so there's more to this. Okay. Yeah. See, I, again, I only know her from that shitty role because I didn't even like her in Mandalorian. I'm going to be honest. I, I was not a fan of the character. Um, so I only know her from that and, and now these infamous tweets. So yeah, so fuck her. And uh, she's going to have no career. But if you want to check out that Ben Shapiro movie, um, by all means, we will not review it, nah. but, uh, but, but go for it. Um, so let's move on to another one. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to actually tell me a little bit more about this because I know you're both video game guys. Um, Pedro Pascal was cast as the lead role in The Last of Us uh, miniseries adaptation. Now, I do know that that is a very successful video game, but I don't know much about it. So, Frankie, why why don't you kind of fill me in? What's going on here? So it takes place in like a post-apocalyptic world, um, and it it follows – uh, a fan a, a named Joel, Joel. I always I always forget how to say it in Spanish and and the the, the American way. Joel. 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 I say Joel, and then then uh, all my Texan friends are like, "Why do you say it like that?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it follows him and a girl that they're just trying to get out of uh, get out of uh, the the madness of these like zombie creatures. And uh, it's it's a really emotional game. I'm playing the second one currently. Uh, it's really really good. Uh, and and his co-host, Miss uh, Lady Mormont from Game of Thrones. Yes, I, yes. Liana Mormont. Now. I'm so excited for her. She was one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones. She's a badass. 
Christian, is this a game that, that you've played that you're familiar with? I mean, besides Pedro Pascal being a, an incredible actor, why should I be excited about this casting? Um, I have never played The Last of Us. I've heard that it's a great game. Um, I think there's already been two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's two of them. The, two, the second yeah, one just came out last year. Correct, right. So I definitely do need to play them, obviously, because just because, you know, when, and when you see so many people talking the way they talk about this game, beyond it just being a well-made video game that the story really, like, captures you, people comparing it to, like, you know, going to see a great movie or a great TV series. So clearly, like, they did a great yeah. job, like, laying out the story. So obviously, them equating that to cinema is obviously, it seems like a natural I thing. I think it was do. Game of the Year or uh, or one of the favorites for Game of the Year. I don't remember. I think I'm pretty sure the original one yeah. Game of the Year. But the, the yeah. second one is highly touted. I'm, I, I'm very early in the second one, and it's but it's a lot of fun. Uh, the storyline, the animation is great. Um, I'm excited to see Pedro and uh, Miss Ramsey uh, play their roles and see what they're going to do, if they're going to follow the same storyline as the game, or if they're going to expand upon it. I don't know. But uh, they're both two tremendous actors, and I think they're going to do a phenomenal job on this. I would say visually, just like the pictures of the characters that I saw – um, they kind of knocked it out of the park in terms of getting someone that represents those characters just from a visual standpoint. Um, and, and Christian, I want to touch on something really quickly that you said, because it's so true. They must have, this game must have an incredible storyline because we're seeing more and more uh, Hollywood looking for these franchise IPs. And now they're digging into the video game world where let's be honest, video games, they should get the credit. They spend three or four years really building out this arc that is both a game and something for you to enjoy on a somatic level. So to see it turn into feature films now, um, it, it's kind of the natural progression, I would think, for them to start digging into those those franchises. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm fine with that because especially if the alternative is them continuing to either remake the same movies uh, yeah. or just add, or add on sequels to things and, you know, the third and the fourth and the fifth, like how in the world, why would you make five avatars? Mm -hmm. Why? Like, you know what I Ten mean? 10 years like, after the like, original, too. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, imagine amassing all of those resources for, like, just a continuation of the same thing. Like, let's go for original stories. And if they're not going to be original stories, like, I think looking at video games and original stories within video games that deserve the spotlight of, you know, being thrown in front of, you know, like let's just say everyone because everybody watches movies mm -hmm. not everybody plays video games I, myself so that's, included that's, that's, i don't know anything about this storyline and that's actually something that excites me about it I, I know that there's a video game there i probably won't play it because now i i want to see this thing be laid out for me in a feature film or mini series whatever rollout they're planning yeah it's, it's a i think it was a, right. a show uh gonna be rumored for like an hbo or something or stars uh but it's it's tremendous. If you want to go in blind, that's that's okay. Um, it, it's something you can always get back to and, and play the video games. Yeah, it's gonna be an HBO series. Um, so it's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, that, that's exciting. It's, that's exciting. Yeah, it's Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Uh, like I said, she was Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones. He was also in Game of Thrones for a brief time. No spoilers. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Great character, too. He was. Like, I really enjoyed him in Game of Thrones. He was. Uh, man, he's just a phenomenal actor. I love him in Narcos. He was. He's so good. 
so talented. And, he, and he, everything I've heard and read is like, he seems like an amazing human being. So I, I'm just a fan of him. Yeah, he's definitely getting his time to shine now and it's well-deserved and we're happy to see it. Um, so let's move on from there to something we couldn't get to last week, but I definitely wanted to bring up the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We finally got a really good look at it. Um, the trailer played over the Super Bowl and I'm sure all of you guys have seen it on YouTube already by now. Uh, Frankie, we discussed this briefly last week that there was an original thought of this coming out before WandaVision. Um, and, and it was kind of between those two as what was going to be the first Disney plus rollout. And now that we've seen more of the Falcon and winter soldier, I am excited for it, but it just confirms that I think WandaVision was absolutely the way to start off Disney plus because it's so very different Falcon and the winter soldier. As soon as I saw the trailer, I thought of bad boys too. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just going to be a very formulaic, uh, buddy cop action adventure thing, which is absolutely fine with the Marvel twist that I'm sure we're all going to enjoy. But I think starting off Disney plus your Marvel series with Falcon and the winter soldier is a very safe move. And I'm glad they didn't go safe. Um, I also think that there's, there's going to be some Easter eggs from um, the black widow movie. Cause the black widow movie was supposed to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's a great point. So, yes. and and we know uh, after the events of Civil War that uh, her, uh, that Black Widow, Falcon, and Cap t- teamed up and and were on the run with a, a, with like Wanda and a bunch of these other um, Team Cap members. So I I'm sure there's something to it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean I'm excited for it. I don't really watch the trailers of stuff I'm gonna watch because I, I just like going in completely blind and and spo- uh, spoiler free. But it's impossible right, right. to avoid in the Super Bowl. Uh, so it looks good. I, I like that they're really fleshing out Bucky's uh, character a little bit more. You let Sebastian Stan show some emotion, and I, I'm curious to see him and Anthony Mackie really work uh, their characters and see what they can do. The I, I've I've barely read comics uh of the recent issues but i was i did read like 20 issues of the um the first when uh when falcon turns into captain america and it, it was a great run him and 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 bucky are are great teammates and and there's a lot of story they could flesh out and i'm excited to see what they do with that yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to be an enjoyable, you know, mini series or whatever. I am looking forward to it. Um, Christian, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but I know that you are a fan of the Bucky and uh, uh, Falcon dynamic. Just in general, they're very quick-witted, very funny to watch on the, you know, bigger Avenger film. So I do think it's going to be a really fun avenue to explore. Uh, Christian, I'm just curious if you've seen the trailer, just kind of your thoughts on it. Yeah, no, I have seen it. Um, um, I I guess, like, I don't really know what to think going into it. The only thing that um, I have heard, uh, and I think that this is this is probably going to be the plan uh, for Marvel during this phase of the MCU, but it seems like these TV shows are going to be connecting the story in between the movies. Yeah. So, I'm really expecting there to be some kind of a leap from the end of WandaVision that takes us probably into the events of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, and and obviously like, you know, Musaba, you were saying before that you were expecting it to be very almost like a generic kind of like buddy cop thing. And just from the trailer, it does seem like you don't see anything kind of magical happening. Right, you know, right. you don't see 
things that Wanda could possibly be doing. So very separate lanes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's going to be very interesting to see how they get those to connect. And I I guess really, if at all, WandaVision drives what Falcon and the Winter Soldier are going to be doing in that show. And it also, but it also goes into like how many great stories they have in the MCU to tell. Because like uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was, is arguably the best uh, MCU film. And there is no magic or superpowers in that one. It's probably the best story. Yeah. And that's why it's one of people's favorites. Exactly. And and you can do that. And I also like, uh, like, I I think of it with Ragnarok, how they kind of flip Thor's character and they Mm -hmm. let him show his comedic chops and stuff like that. Um, I'm very curious to see Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, because I've seen a lot of interviews of them, and they are so funny. They have such great chemistry. They, uh, one of my favorite bits is when they, they shit on uh, Tom Holland together, and, <laughs> and, and they just make fun of him. Anthony Mackie calls uh, Tom Holland a diva, and he, they say he's, he's out of control. He makes one little movie, and, and he thinks he's better than the rest of us. It, it, they're great. So I'm really excited. I hope they really delve into that and, and like really – I, I, like you mentioned bad boys too i'm thinking like i would love that kind of comedy and action mix and i'm fine with that like i think they're great actors and I, i'm excited and like you said they they have the chemistry to pull off that bad boys Two buddy cop like yeah. like what i mean by that is that it's going to be a funny action adventure type thing and i think those two characters you can easily deliver that type of uh mini series or storyline so so yeah it's definitely something to look forward to and um Frankie, I, I do recommend checking out the trailer because I'll say this. No, Marvel I see. I pretty, saw it. I saw that yeah, one because I can Marvel avoid it. does a good job of not giving you everything. Yeah. And I love that because every other studio, I'm with you. I will try and avoid the trailer if I know I want to see it. Yeah. You actually are leading us into our next topic, which I think was perfect. I wanted to talk about Black Widow because there were reports that Disney has three to four weeks to decide if they are still going to release it theatrically or if they're going to move it to Disney+. Plus, I've been looking forward to Black Widow for a while, but I think the longer they hold it out, just the more it should move to Disney+. Plus. Obviously, from financial side, they want to collect all of that international box office money. All of these deals have already been structured in a way where the directors and the actors get their paybacks from gross profits in international box office. So I'm sure you have Scarlett Johansson and her agents and all that pushing for a theatrical release as well. But if they don't see it happening in three to four weeks, they are doing themselves a massive disservice going to the movie theaters. No, not only that, but it's uh, if they delay it uh, any longer, it's it's going to affect the, the other movies that they want to release that are coming out that they've uh, filmed or, or are in post uh, production right now, like Shang Chi uh, and the, the Eternals. That uh, those are two of the big, the big ones in Phase Four, introducing a bunch of new characters. That and we know Eternals is going to have a lot of effects. And I, I'm I'm predicting that WandaVision. Uh, we know WandaVision is going to uh, play into Doctor Strange too, but I, I'm predicting Eternals is going to play some a couple roles in that as well. Uh, if our theories about Mephisto are correct, very well could be. That's a great point. So I'm very curious on how long it's going to be. I mean, I I know you guys are probably feel the same way. I miss movie theater so damn much. Uh, it's probably the thing I miss the absolute most of this pandemic world. I can't. It's been a whole year since I've gone to the movies, and that's, that's insane wild. to me. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I don't know what their options are realistically. I know they want to do that because of all the contracts and stuff and the, and the money. Um, I think they should, uh, uh, so, uh, like a limited release for Disney Plus would do some, some uh, benefit for them. You could do something like Mulan, the twenty four ninety nine. I think it was for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll pay for that, man. I'm I, I just want to see this damn movie already. And you know, I think anybody would. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't pay to see Mulan. Now, I I did see it when it was finally free, but I'll pay for a Marvel film, and I think the majority of people will. So, Frankie, you brought up something how this is going to delay other films, and I think there definitely is something to that because with every theatrical release, there's a marketing campaign that you have to put in. So these things are all staggered out three and four months out. Yeah. But in the case of Black Widow, we need to remember that this is a standalone prequel film. The intention was always for it to just kind of be like a button on the last phase that they've already completed. I just think the timing that a Black Widow movie came out was already, like you're kind of already setting it up in a bad place. This should have happened before the entire Infinity Wars thing. So the longer you're delaying it, I just think you're doing the movie a disservice. Like, if it's not going to connect to this next phase, and we don't know that that's the case or not, but from everything they're telling us, it's not necessarily setting up this next phase. It's a standalone film. So, I mean, Christian, I, I, I know we all miss going to the theaters, but would you prefer this movie just streaming in your house right now? Like, would you pay a premium to watch it? Um, well, uh, I guess kind of, are you saying like kind of what Disney did with Mulan? Yeah, but but and I also want to factor in the longer that this movie goes out, are you still tempted to pay that premium price? Um, I do not know if I would pay premium to see Black Widow. Um, I understand the them resisting putting it putting it up on on their streaming service because the money they're making from their streaming service, they're making that whether or not they put that movie in on the service you know what i mean like maybe maybe some people would sign up you know to to watch black widow but i can't imagine it would be that many we're talking hundred million dollar difference at the very least exactly and like the box office experience because there's always going to be because i'm one of them i like so i'm sure there's plenty of people like me that you know legitimately find the theater experience to be like necessary for some kinds of movies agreed you know like it's just it's not it's not going to be the same experience. While, even if you have a you know sixty inch TV at home and surround sound, it's still not going to be the same. So, you know, I personally am also very excited for theaters to come back and like. But at the same time, like I don't want them to like mess up their schedule any more than it already has. I'm honestly so excited for the prospect of there being four Marvel movies in a seventh month stretch this year. I personally don't think that's going to happen. But I'm a pessimist. I don't think so either, but I wish that they would just move forward with it. Like, I do think we're going to be in a better place in terms of the pandemic, hopefully within the next six months. So it's like, why not try to be a little like, yeah, sure. Maybe the first couple of movies won't do so hot because people are still not that thrilled about going back to the theaters. But like, I feel like it'll make up for it in the long run. Maybe just leave them in the theaters longer since you know that you know, not everyone who wants to go see a movie is going to go. Like, there's got to be ways to go around this. There's not that many movies being put out right now. You know what I mean? Do you feel comfortable going to the movie theaters to watch it in March? 
I know oh, it's a God, little no. while out. Well, okay, but no, then, no, no, well, no, it, it's scheduled so, for May so, right now. Yeah, no, it's scheduled uh, for May. May. Excuse me. Like, yes, yes. May May is a long time from now. Like, do I think we're gonna be in a place where I'm gonna feel comfortable by May? No. So, but okay, who but knows? but so you're answering no. my question because you, like I said earlier, all of these things are staggered out three and four months because of the marketing push. Remember, there's a ton of money in the marketing push, so that's why they need to decide now in this three to four uh, week span if that may target is realistic or not. And if they're going to continue pushing it back, I mean, then I think it should just go to, to Disney plus. I mean, I think they're going to wait to the last possible moment just because cases are really going down right now. And if that trend continues for a few more weeks, they might feel confident. Yeah. And, and right now, like you said, uh, they haven't stacked up. Like uh, right now, black widow is scheduled for may release and Shang Chi is uh, scheduled for July. So that's that's two months away. Like you will, you don't want to be competing against each other, uh, like competing against yourself. So exactly. Uh, but that's th these are all movies that have been delayed. So how much longer are we gonna have to wait? Right now we have Eternals in November, but they also have, uh, they're also releasing Falcon and Winter Soldier in March. They're all this is added together. Yep. All this is Marvel properties that they want to like balance it out, not overwhelm you, but not compete against themselves they, they want you going to the theater so i don't know man i think i think uh they really need to make a decision soon i'm cool with watching it at home i would rather watch it in theaters uh but if that's not a realistic option you give me a 24.99 i'll probably pay for that my, my last question on this just because i'm curious and this is specifically for christian christian would you have paid premium price to watch black widow let's say four or five months ago in your house? Probably. Okay. And how do you feel about paying a premium price four to five weeks from now to watch Black Widow? Not great. Great. So my point is they miss their sweet spot with this movie. And the longer, yeah, right, and the that, longer they're pushing what? it out, the less, the less we're clamoring for it. Yeah. Like, okay. So let's say that they stick to their guns and they're just gonna keep pushing back Black Widow until they're comfortable for it to release in theaters. Like they, every day that goes by that they don't start this process is money they're losing. Like there's- Absolutely. There's they no lose way money with it that. sitting on the shelf. Like there's no way to twist that. So I, it's, it's like, I get it. Like you don't want a box off, like, but like at the end of the day, like everyone is gonna remember what was going on in the world. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you can't view it as a flop like just because like the numbers didn't do as great as you wanted because not people weren't going to the theaters in general. Like, people will people will remember that, but your bank statement won't. Your bank statement doesn't care that there was a pandemic. So I, I know that's a very black and white way to look at it, but you got to think about you know the financial aspects of it as these big studios should. Look, Marvel spends one hundred and fifty dollars, uh, one hundred and fifty million easily, just by you know, planning out their films, these box office numbers, I mean, it makes a big difference. Uh, yeah, man. And, but we also have to know that they just saved themselves a bunch of money by not further investing in Gina Carano. So <laughs> very true, very true money well saved. So um, from there, I want to just quickly, quickly touch on the latest uh, releases that you can watch at home right now that are absolutely going to be involved in the oscar buzz now i haven't had a chance to watch either of them yet but i'm planning on it um judah and the black messiah on hbo max and malcolm and marie on netflix um 
Now, Christian, I know you saw a little bit of Malcolm and Marie. I don't know if you finished it. Should I, which one should I be checking out first? Because I'm hearing incredible things on Judah and the Black Messiah. I have not seen Judah and the Black Messiah, so it's kind of hard for me to judge. And I only saw about half of Malcolm and Marie. Uh, and that movie is a lot, man. Um, it is, it, it delves very deeply into this, you know, I guess, fictional relationship between Malcolm and Marie. And um, there's just like a lot of psychological abuse going on throughout the movie. Um, and I really, I, it's part of the reason why I didn't get through it because it was a heavy really heavy. It's a really heavy watch. Um, I think it's really well acted. Uh, like the reason why I stopped watching wasn't because the acting was bad. It was honestly, it was because the material was a lot. Well, I actually wanted to ask you specifically about um, John David Washington, uh, Denzel Washington's right. kid. Correct. Yes. You got it right. I got it right. Okay. I, this is going to be probably a hot take. Um, I like the guy. I think he's a fine actor, but I think he's vastly overrated. Um, I think the fact that he's Denzel Washington's son and after the rock, the only good thing in ballers. Um, I think those two things made him like very quick wow. for the public to anoint him as like the next thing. Wow. You are, you are blaming nepotism. Well, we have Chris Cody coming on hangover time. <laughs> Jesus. No, anyway, I, mean, I will say, but though, you're talking about two legends there. Chris Cody has, has already proven himself. Wow, man. How I mean, dare I, you? Personally, I think John David Washington is, is pretty talented. Um, I thought he was really good in Tenant. I just thought Tenant had structural issues that made it hard to enjoy. He was not the problem with Tenant. I, I completely agree with you there. He was, he was, he was very good in Tenant. Tenet was just a structural flaw in the narrative and the storyline. No, and, this, and my biggest work. problem with Tenet was the audio mixing. It made the movie hard to follow at times, and it, it kind of gave me a headache at times. because like, If you follow Christopher Nolan, that's pretty par for the course. Uh, yeah, I know, but it was like it was – it was worse than usual and it was like usually like the content and like the pace of his movies can overcompensate for that but like that it was just off in that movie no and i loved him in uh black klansman he was phenomenal in that oh one. yeah no black klansman was awesome that was a great movie i think this is a he's, terrible he's take really this terrible take no i'm not <laughs> saying that he's not talented i think he's very good i'm just saying that i think we're quick to overrate him because we want him to be just the next Denzel Washington, you know? I think he's got to earn his way up there. Right, I, I see what you mean. Like, he's gotten a handful of really big roles. Um, and so in that sense, I kind of get where you're coming from. I think he's a really good actor. Maybe, like, should he have been the lead in, like, a Christopher Nolan movie already? I don't know. That's debatable, right. I guess. But right. I, I thought he did a good job in the movie. I thought there were other things that kind of let him Well, and, and I've heard that, Malcolm and Marie so far is his best performance. He, he, so, he so I'm ex I am excited to watch it. Doing a great acting job in that movie. Yeah. But that's part of why I got uncomfortable watching it because I, I don't want to get too into it for people who haven't seen it. Uh, you know, make your own opinion of it. It's very well acted. Just just be ready that it's 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 emotionally heavy. I definitely want to check it out just based off the fact it was the first movie filmed during the pandemic, and it happened very very early in the pandemic and it happened in secret um so just the entire production aspect of that film was a major challenge in itself so i'm i'm really interested in seeing how it came out 
just knowing all the the restraints they had to deal with and in, in putting it together. Yeah, and Zendaya is phenomenal. I haven't seen it yet, yes. uh, but I was cooking the other day while my roommate was watching it in the living room, and I just heard it, and it was like, damn, okay, this is a lot. Uh, and I've heard, like, my roommate had to watch it in, in halves because it was too much <laughs> to watch. Damn. Yeah. So, Christian, you're not alone there. Yeah. I, no, I've, I've heard a lot of people having to watch it. I've seen it on Twitter that people just have to watch it in pieces because it's just emotionally scarring. And, uh, like, a lot of people have trauma from past relationships, from parents fighting and stuff. And they, they're kind of reliving it through this. Yeah. No, I mean, Le Leslie was the one who really wanted to watch it, and she was the one who tapped first. She was like, I, I, I think I'm good watching this. So, yeah, so just be, be prepared for something pretty heavy. Good to know. Definitely one of those movies that I like to say, you know, you take a quick 15, 20-minute break, throw on an episode of The Office, cleanse the palate yeah, a little bit. Yeah, seriously. Get back a, in there. A, a, a real palate cleanser. Maybe <laughs> even go to a more extreme comedy, The Eric Andre Show. <laughs> like, something to really cleanse yeah. that palate. <laughs> And, uh, and again, just to hit on it, Judah and the Black Messiah have heard incredible things. I'm, I'm already hearing Oscar nominations all around Best Director, Best Film, Leading Actor. So that's another one. If you do want to check it out, it's on HBO Max. You only have 90 days to watch it before it is taken away. HBO Max is only doing 90 days, same day as premiere, and then it gets taken away. So make sure you jump on that before the Oscars, um, because those are two movies that are absolutely going to be in the running for some some big oscar gold okay so now we're going to get into our final topic the one that we're most excited about and it's going to be wandavision episode six frankie we say it every week it's the best episode yet i think uh for those of you who haven't seen the episode yet now is a good time to get out of here because we're going to break down the shit out of everything that happened this week let's start off with as always my favorite part of these episodes is the intro theme and I think this one was the best one yet. Oh, man. They absolutely nailed Malcolm in the Middle. I mean, everything about it was just fucking incre incredible. From the lyrics to the music to the way it was shot, I felt like I was back in 2000. The details were phenomenal. Uh, even when, the, when they finished the intro and you had uh, Billy talking in, uh, to, uh, breaking the fourth wall just like Malcolm, Ah, man, it, it was shot just like it. I'm, I was so happy to see that. It was, and, and it, it was different because they opened with it. Uh, they usually, you know, break to, to the intro after a cold opening. So I, I loved it. I was dying. When I saw it right away and you were still uh, had to wait till Friday night, I was so excited for <laughs> you guys you to watch it, man. No, I, I didn't want to spoil that for you, though. It's been my favorite one. Christian, it's something that we, we talked about. Like the intro songs for me have been my, my favorite aspect of the entire show because they so perfectly nail whatever two or three sitcoms are doing. This one was just straight up Malcolm in the Middle and, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and so there was, a, there was a couple of things from the intro music that I did want to touch on. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Frankie, that when they showed Agnes in the kitchen wearing her 90s juicy couture <laughs> pants naughty naughty was on there which yeah. is a nice and i don't did, did you notice the color of those pants too purple they were purple so i know in this episode and we're going to be bouncing around here i don't think we're going to get into every single scene the way we did last week but i know in this episode one of the big things was we finally get to see agnes in these you know, real, and I put that in quotation marks because I don't know how real she was in that moment. 
when you see her kind of talk about Wanda's taking control of all of this. Um, and the reason that I bring that up is because I still don't believe that she's, you know, being controlled. And I'm talking about Agnes right now. I think Agnes is who we all think she is. I think the signs are just too obvious there. And there was some moments in this episode where they kind kind of try and like pull us away from that. But I, I just think Agnes is, is playing the role of, you know, that. Wait, wait, hold on. C- catch me up here. So are, are you alluding that you think Agnes is Mephisto? I think no, Agnes Agatha. is Agatha. Yes. Um, and even later in the episode, she's, because this is a Halloween episode, so you see everybody dressed up in what their comic book character is. Wait, wait, but is, isn't her name in Wanda's bubble? Yeah, Agnes? but in the comics. Yes. She, no, in the comics, yeah, yeah. she's Agatha. I know that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure we weren't, that yeah, we were yeah. calling her by her. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and, and so, Christian, I'm curious, what do you think of Agnes? Because I think Frankie and I are both kind of sold that that theory that she is Agatha, I mean, there's. There's definitely something to it. There's been a ton of signs. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, I actually, I read an article uh, the other night that actually figured out that um, in the comics, I believe her name was uh, Agatha Harkless, was it? So, yeah, so uh, actually Agatha Harkless, Agnes is a combination of the front of her first name and the end of her last name. So... Yeah, I think there. I, I think that's very, very strongly alluding uh, that she is that character from the comics. Um, but clearly, like, so do you guys? Do you guys believe that all the people in the bubble are truly from this town? And would that also make Agnes in this version in 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 the story that the MCU is telling? Would that make her also like? Is she getting her powers from being in the bubble? Like it's happening. To Monica Rambeau? No, I don't think so. I think she is uh, whatever being that is uh, controlling um, and influencing Wanda. I feel like Agnes is a henchman, per se, like for the right hand. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of hints that Ralph is Mephisto. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I also think that the director, uh, Tyler has has something in there. He's he's I, I'm not I'm not trusting him uh, at all. I, I trust him less and less every episode. So I think I think he, Agatha is a witch, and they they kind of hit the nail on the head when in the Halloween portion of the episode she's uh, dressed up as a witch. That's uh, what I was getting at. Yeah, she. And, and, but they do try and throw you off there with that scene with her in her in vision where she's. She's opening up to Vision and she's saying, oh, Wanda, she won't let us out of here. Are you going to save us? Now, the first time I was watching that, I thought, okay, they're poking a hole in our theory here. But I watched it again and I really feel like she's just pulling one on Vision. I I think she wanted Vision to step out of the hex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Vision, this was the first episode uh, of Vision that we've seen him just never buy into it. From the get-go, he is... Completely, he had his own plan. Yeah, completely out of the, the sitcom life. And he's lying to Wanda uh, and, and tr- investigating on his own. Uh, we see him go through the town, try to just see people. Uh, we start seeing um, – ki- we see kids for the first time this episode. And they finally woke up from their slumber. Yeah. How, see, how nice from Wanda <laughs> to let is, them out of bed. Which is terrifying. It really is. If, if like, uh, they're all just, like, hidden in the house and just frozen. But, like, 
I saw a theory that it was just um, Wanda's kind of well, every episode she's gotten stronger because the first sitcoms it's very small groups of people and more mm-hmm. every episode more and more people she's manipulating but even then you're still seeing people on the outskirts of Westview that are close to the border they're not moving at all they're not playing anything they're frozen they look and- like those pirates of the Caribbean animatronics like they're just <laughs> stuck doing the same motion <laughs> Man, the, the the lady that was hanging up a decoration and was frozen there and her... Uh, the single uh, tear. The single Beautiful tear drop. Oh, my God, man. So much emotion conveyed there and fear. And, oh, that that one's, that hit me in, in, the, in the heartstrings real quick. Um, Christian, one of my favorite aspects of this episode that I want to touch on is the, the brother, Quicksilver, Uncle Pietro. Um, obviously we're looking at a different Pietro and I don't know if you guys both noticed, but this episode very specifically started with a previously on WandaVision and they show the other Pietro. They show the, the Marvel Pietro played by, um, Aaron Taylor, Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Thank you very much. And they actually have a really funny call out to kick ass the movie that they were both in. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but they very purposely show you that. So that way, when they come back, and they even they even mention it. Yeah, I look different. Um, but I think their Marvel absolutely nailed it by bringing in this version of Pietro because especially for the '90s sitcom, you know, goofy uncle. I mean, he's knocking it out of the park. Yeah, no. Um, I think the thing that I'm more curious about, um, I found I actually found in this last episode Peter a bit suspicious. Yes. Just because he seemed very. What's really he going seemed on? Very here? aware of. Right. So I, I, I'm wondering if Peter might be, I don't know, possibly Wanda's subconscious or the other thing that I was possibly thinking of is that maybe Peter is, you know, another illusion, let's say, of Mephisto's. But she, the, the thing that I found the most curious about their whole interaction was that he he got Wanda to basically admit that she does not know how this started or how she did this which leads me to believe that she's not really the person in control here. And that, which get, lends more credence to the general theory. I, uh, just really quick to harp in on the Mephisto thing. I'm very curious on how, if it is Mephisto, which we all believe, really curious how they're going to do it. Because I don't believe that they're going to do the devil form that we've seen Mephisto in the comics and the, and the cartoons. Uh, simply because... That is not going to fly in China. <laughs> and we know China is where they make a lot of their money. I saw this theory about it, that they're just going to co- completely like overhaul and make their MCU version of it. I really believe that. And what better way to show the real villain than a middle-aged white man in, t- in di- Director Tyler? I mean, Director Tyler is someone that you and I have been talking about from the jump. I, I definitely think that he has some ulterior motives, but... We did get more of a glimpse into, you know, where his quote-unquote hate is coming from. I thought there was a really great scene there where he said to Monica Rambeau, you weren't here five, for five years. You didn't have to pick up the pieces like the rest of us. So you're seeing someone that is very clearly still dealing with this PTSD of a global event where half the world was taken away. So he clearly has this hatred towards, you know, superpowers, as he even said. Yeah, but bleep that guy. Um, that line he said about Monica's mother. Oh my God, I wanted Mo- oh, too I wanted far. Monica to too punch far. him in the face right there. Shout out Jimmy Woo for standing up oh, for his girls. God, by the yeah. way, Jimmy Absolutely. Woo is just like fucking killing it in every episode. 
I hope badass. I really hope Jimmy Woo get, gets that spinoff. By the way, yeah, me he's, too. He's been phenomenal. He's he, he all, all, him and Darcy are just scene chewers. I want him and Darcy solving crimes. That's what I, I want. want. Darcy to get powers. Oh well, you kind you kind of beat me to it there, Christian, because Darcy even brings up that you know when Monica Rambo went in and out of the hex twice now that it changed her on a molecular level, and I don't know if you guys caught that, but for me. That was very X-Men-y lingo. Um, and now that she's gone through the hex, we're led to believe that she's going to be changed in a molecular level too. So this is two things that I want to bring up. And Frankie, I'm going to throw this to you. One, are we now to expect that Darcy is a quote-unquote X-Men? And if that's the case, did WandaVision just unlock X-Men in the MCU? Is that what we just saw? Well, I don't believe so uh, because if Monica Monica's powers uh, are going to come, uh, if this is it, this is from her going through it and then getting forcibly kicked out. Uh, so I think just them getting in like that, it's not going to be uh, all, all powers like that. I think, and we also feel like Monica's going to go back in uh, a third time. So yeah. I, I feel like that's really what's going to set off her powers as, uh, as Photon or whatever, or Spectrum, whatever they, they decide to go with. Um, I, and, and one thing about the X-Men, it's, it's very different to be a mutant because you have to have, you're, you're born with that power and, uh, it, you ha you're born with the X gene that, that unlocks, uh, that thing. If they, if they were to get their powers now, this would just be more like a, a mutate, like Spider-Man, like you, you were born without powers and then you got your powers, uh, somehow through an event. So you don't think that she's unlocking X-Men in the MCU because that tends to be a popular theory online. And I can, I can see where the dots are being connected. Well, I was going to say like one of the most popular Avengers comic series was, and I don't know if you guys have already discussed this is the house of M mm -hmm. comic series. And there already have been a lot of parallels to what happens in house of M, which in, in House of M, and again, this also ties back to Peter, like Peter in the X-Men universe is Magneto's son, and, and Wanda is also Magneto's son in the comics. So that originally was the tie-in between the Avengers and the X-Men. And then what happens in House of M is that Scarlet Witch is losing her mind, again, un completely unrelated to Mephisto in that story, but this general story is that she loses her mind and creates a whole new world where, you know, Spider-Man changes into Gwen Stacy and, you know, it just creates a completely different universe. And considering we already know that Scarlet Witch is going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie, which is the multiverse of madness, I think that there is a lot of breadcrumbs already that it seems like they, they're probably not going to go full House of M because of how much the X-Men are intertwined in that story from the jump, but I think that might be how they introduce the X-Men, kind of in an MCU, because obviously, you know, in the MCU, they're always doing their own twist on these old comic right. stories. Yeah. I think this might be how they, they approach this. No, and, and they've had to do those twists. A lot, of, a lot of the reasons that they've had to do these, all these twists and stuff is because they didn't own all the properties. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, X -Men, now they have all War. the toys in their playpen and they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely see more of a, like, I don't think this is the, the, the moment that the X-Men are coming in or, and the mutants are coming in with, uh, with her expanding Westview. I think 
but I think at some point here, we're going to see something that really changes uh, the whole MCU. I, I definitely, like, once Pietro came in, I'm thinking this is going to be something with, with the multiverse warping. And that's when Doctor Strange is going to kick in at, at the end of, of the series, which is still my prediction that he's going to pop in at one point. And I want to get to that. And I also think um, we know, we already know that the villain for Doctor Strange 2 is Nightmare. Um, what if Nightmare is the Mephisto here? That, that, that makes Frankie, a lot you of beat sense. me to it. Frankie, you beat me to it. And I'm going to be honest, I heard this on another podcast talking about WandaVision and all that, because I knew nothing about Nightmare coming into this. But what if Nightmare is actually Pietro? Mm. And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you what I mean. This, uh, according to what I know of Nightmare, and Frankie, you can you definitely have more information on this. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But Nightmare in the comics is trying to get the information out from Wanda on how he built, how she's building this world, and kind of like feasting off of her energy and her magic. Is that? Am I on the right track there? Um, I'm not that familiar with Nightmare. Okay. Well, that's me too that's much what I was, That's what but, I was led to believe. Uh, but I know he had. I'm reading here now. He has the ability to draw power from the psychic energies of the subconscious minds of dreaming beings. So, what if, like, all these people in in Wanda, in Westview are dreaming, and he's exactly and this. And the more people he's uh, Wanda is bringing in the more powerful he's getting and he's making her more powerful because of that. Right. Um, cause, Cause he has so many people under her control. So maybe they're doing a twist on that. It's possible. Uh, there, the, and we talked about this last time. This is what the uh, Marvel does is they give you so many options. Oh my God. They're, they're amazing at it. There's 20 different theories and they all have a way of making sense. And it's, yeah. it's part of the fun of it, of discussing like, where could this go? Because they, they even write themselves into so many different options. Right. And, and I think you guys were kind of getting to, I think one of the biggest questions still is what exactly is the hex? And I, I thought one of the most interesting moments of the last episode was watching Vision force Wanda to expand the hex in order to save his life. How many Which, fucking times are they going to kill this guy? Like well, poor Paul right. Bettany. <laughs> but I, th I think that also gave us an insight into the nature of the hex itself. And right. like him trying to exit the hex literally killed him. And he's a, he's a supernatural being. And I thought what was also curious is that in his conversation with Agnes or Agatha, that he did not know that he was dead. So is this a vision from a different universe or is it possible altogether that the hex is somehow Wanda creating a portal into another universe and that's why it's changing people's molecular construction when they go in and out? Like these are the things that have been going through my head. So one of the things uh, in the comics is that vision, when vision is being experimented on, he gets his memory wiped. And one of the things he's, I'm glad you brought up that conversation with, uh, uh, with Agnes. One of the things he says in there, what's an Avenger? Yes. Right. <laughs> so he doesn't even know the, the very bare minimum of what he is. So I'm thinking he, is being, he has been reborn. We know in the last we saw vision before this was an infinity war. And what, and um, what's his name? Uh, Hulk. Oh, Bruce Banner. Yes. Right. 
So we know Bruce Banner. I was going to call him Mark and, Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we know, we know Banner and Shuri both think that there's a lot more division than just a stone. So we have, uh, and we know Shuri was working on, on uh, getting uh, Vision's mind to, to, to be able to, to remove the stone without killing him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we know she didn't get to complete it, but we know she did a lot. So what if she just couldn't connect to his memories at the end? It's very, very possible. Um, th- the one thing talking about Vision that I definitely wanted to hit on very quickly was um, back in that scene where we're in S.W.O.R.D. and you see the files, did you guys notice the word cataract? Yeah. Okay, do you know what, what, what I took away from that? That it's double Vision. So I think they are trying to recreate Vision to make a you know, super soldier, if you will. Like, I think they're, they're trying to just literally duplicate vision, but without his memories. And what if that is what we see right now? The duplicated version of vision without his memories. Yeah, the, it definitely looked like sword was trying to weaponize him uh, on their experiments. Uh, we know, uh, hold on, Christian, we know you got to go, right? Yeah, yeah, I do have to take off in a little bit. All right, man. Oh, you want to leave now or? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no worries. Let's Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right, man. Christian, thank you on. for joining us, buddy. Take it easy, guys. All right, brother. Uh, so we know in, in that it's Valentine's scene, Day, by the way, people. Like, we got we to gotta let him do what he's got to do. It's totally fair. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, but um, we know in that scene when they're experimenting on him that that's what Wanda uh, gets furious and she breaks into S.W.O.R.D. We also know something that's the, the name of S.W.O.R.D. in the WandaVision is different from what it is in the comics. Uh, and it means something different. I'm trying to get, I'm pulling up. Uh, Sentient, weaponizing, organized, religion, destroyer. But that, that was the main thing. The sentient weapon is different than in the comics. I don't remember what it's called in the comics. Uh, I just made that up. I have no, no idea. No, but it is sentient weapons. <laughs> and that's, yeah, so, uh, sentient world observation and response department. No, it was close. No, okay, so that that's that's what it is in the comics. Uh the 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 in WandaVision it's sentient weapons. And we know they built this off a response of Infinity War and Endgame. Um and, and that's that's what we're led to believe it, it, uh, it, it's just a response to like the world dangers that they weren't ready for that and obviously since Shield disbanded because of uh, Winter Soldier and uh, and Hydra. We, we know they needed a new response team. So what if they were building vision for the same reason Tony Stark was, is as a defense mechanism. They're, doing, they're trying to get multiple visions as a defense mechanism to protect against world dangers like that. And honestly, like, I'm, I hate to say it, but if I were director at Hayward, that would probably be my train of thought too. Like you just went through half the world being taken out by like a fucking snap and you got to prepare for this now. You don't know what, what the hell else is out there. If the biggest weapon you can think of is laying there in pieces right in front of you, it's kind of his job to figure out how to, how to you know, turn it back into something that he could use for defense. And it's such bullshit, too, because he's like, oh, Vision didn't want Vision's free will. Like, you're messing with Vision's free will in, in there, Wanda. Blah, blah, blah. He's, oh, well, he's clearly playing Wanda for sure. Oh, like, yeah. like his, his intentions, whatever you say... Like, I understand why he would want to weaponize Vision. It's more about, like, how he's doing it. That's, he's a fucking asshole. He's a dickhead with the way he's doing it. 
yeah, he's he's a terrible human being, and uh, human being is used very loosely there because we don't know if he's a nightmare or somebody yeah, else. Yeah, he, he very well could, still could be. Um, Frankie, one of the last things I wanted to touch on, well, two actually, I want to get into the commercial, but I did before we leave this discussion. You said that you think that Doctor Strange is going to be the big reveal at the end, and that's that's still your – you're, if you had to make a bet, that would be who it is, correct? Yeah, that's my safe bet. That's, and I think, it's a, I think it's a very safe bet with where we know this is going to go in terms of into the movies. But I'm going to hit you with one that I saw on Reddit the other day that now I'm going to be disappointed if it's not that and I can't get it out of my head. We know Monica Rambeau was texting some guy that was going to help get her back into the hex. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but he was big on aerospace engineer, engineer, engineer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So let's say we also know that fantastic four is in the pipeline for MCU. This has to be a big reveal at the end. It has to be somebody that when we look at them, we automatically know who the character is, even if it's the first time we see them. What better way to introduce John Krasinski as Fantastic Four Mr. Stretch at the very end being the guy that Mr. comes in Stretch. and helps Monica get in there? First, it's Mr. Fantastic, not Mr. Stretch. Mr. Fantastic, whatever. <laughs> I don't read the comics, but I damn well know if you show me John Krasinski, we're talking Fantastic Four. But And it makes sense. I have a question to, to poke hole into this theory. Go for How it. How can he play Jimmy Woo and Mr. Fantastic? Well, that is a great question, a very, very safe question, but we happen to know that John Krasinski is a man of many talents. He can act, he can do comedy, he can direct, and he can be Mr. Fantastic at the end. I think you need that big type of payoff, and it would make sense. We already know that it's a guy that it's going to be aerospace engineer. If I remember correctly, that is Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I think it's possible. Um, it's it's looking more and more possible uh, with that last episode. Uh, I still think they could throw somebody else in there, like uh, Talos from uh, the Scroll from uh, from Captain Marvel, uh, as someone who definitely knows aerospace. That's under that's underwhelming. I I understand how you got there. I understand how you got there, and it makes sense. Yeah, but that, but that, they said a Luke Skywalker type appearance. That's why I don't think it's him. That I I still think it's I mean it's possible, uh, it very well could be him. I could be wrong. I I would love it absolutely. I would love it. I love the Fantastic Four. I, I'm so excited that they're coming to the MCU and they're finally going to get done right. Um, and it's very possible. Who knows? But I still think uh, it's going to be uh, Doctor Strange. And I my I I think Fast Mister Fantastic is the second uh, like big. Thing, but I but one of the things to poke into that is that uh, Bettany said he worked with him. Hmm. So unless Mr. Fantastic is coming with them to the bubble, uh, to the hex, um, who is who, like? Are we sure that it's going to be him? I still think they can bring somebody else from the multiverse, and I think the funnest one is is Ian McKellen as Magneto, or or it could be Michael Fassbender. I I I would be I'd be stoked with both with either one. I would rather have Fassbender, honestly. I love Ian McKellen, and I love how how well he did in in that. Um, or uh, what's this guy's uh, the 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 young Professor X? 
actor. I don't remember his name. The actor. Oh yes, James McAvoy. James James McAvoy could be McAvoy too. I would love because we know in the comics, um, McAvoy, um, McAvoy, uh, Professor X is <laughs> is one of the ones that that helps control Wanda right. when she loses her mind. So what if they they bring him over? That's a good one. Universe? I would be happy with McAvoy and Fassbender, and that way, and those two were phenomenal as Magneto. That's a good one, and and it definitely, it definitely hits the the wow effect, the wow level factor that they have been promising us. Yeah, because you know, because if we get Reed at this point, you're not going to get Mister Fantastic. You're just going to get Reed Richards. So like, but that I would be so exciting. Though. It would be. It would then, be because then you at least know, like, you're getting a little a little appetizer of what of what's to come. That's true. That is true. But my thing is, uh, at this point in the series, you have three episodes left. Are you going to introduce Reed Richards and just really like use Reed Richards uh, as him when we know Fantastic Four is coming? We know they haven't teased anything about X-Men. They haven't talked about X-Men at all what, when they're bringing X-Men in. And then they dropped in Pietro randomly. What if we, br- we bring in Magneto and, and uh, Professor X or one or, one or both of them? And we—that's a huge reveal there. I mean, it's def—it's definitely possible. I'm not ruling it out in any way. I think all—I think all of these are good guesses. I think yours is more likely than mine, but I think mine would get me more hyped because we already know Reed Richards is coming to the MCU soon. Right. Right. Yeah, and and we know for a fact because it's been confirmed that John Krasinski has had conversations with Marvel. Yeah, about uh, a role. We, we don't—we don't know about what. But look, the internet is clamoring for this. And in some cases, Marvel is really good at giving the audience what they want. I, and like, I can't speak fully on John Krasinski because I haven't seen him in uh, really anything but like off the top of my head besides The Office. So like in the comics, Reed Richards is a fucking asshole. Like Reed Richards is, is, is very much a dickhead. Like a yeah. know-it-all dickhead, uh, and like I don't I, like can John can John Krasinski play a dickhead like that? I th- I think he could. That that's a good point. I don't know if he has yet. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. But I do think that he has a lot more range than people think. Um, a Quiet Place. I, I he was phenomenal in a, I in a Quiet Place. I, I mean, he was he was amazing, and and literally that entire movie is maybe four lines of dialogue, like the amount of emotion that he was able to show without saying anything, I, it was a real testament to his craft. Yeah, and I mean, we know John Krasinski was, o- was one of the finalists for Captain America uh, yes. before Chris Evans got it. Um, so, and, but him and his wife, Emily Blunt, are two phenomenal actors. Uh, and, and, and the betting favorites to be in Fantastic Four, if you look at the Vegas odds. Yeah, they've been the fan cast for over a decade, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love Emily Blunt to play um, uh, Sue Richards. Um, I, I'm wary. Like, I know Re- like John Krasinski has that Reed Richards kind of look to him. Uh, but like, I, I want to make sure whoever is casted as, as Reed Richards has that asshole to him, that yeah. know-it-all f- factor at feature at, I should say. Well, I definitely trust Marvel to at least get the casting right. Yeah, because, definitely. Um, with the exception of Brie Larson, and I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep hammering the point. I don't like Captain Marvel. But with the exception of that, Kevin Feige absolutely knows the ins and outs of all of these characters and the traits that he's looking for an actor to portray them. Um, so I have, I have all the faith in the world that when we eventually see who will be Reed Richards, that they will have done their homework and really landed, uh, landed on, a, on an actor that, that I think we can all rally uh, behind. 
Yeah, and that I dis- I again disagree with you on on Brie Larson. She's amazing. I know, I know. She's she's phenomenal, but she's not a great superhero. Sorry. Yeah, but I I, I don't think you're ex- like Captain Marvel is an asshole in the comics too. There's literally Civil War Part Two because uh, of Captain Marvel uh, fighting. I think it's Iron Man. But that like Captain Marvel is supposed to be an asshole. It's supposed to be like uh, has an unlikable factor to her. So I mean, well, she nailed I, that for me at least. Well, yeah. <laughs> you said <laughs> right now you really sound like all those Twitter people that I'm hate. I'm sorry. Hate her. I, I loved her in Room. She was incredible in that film. She she delivered an Oscar worthy performance. But in Captain Marvel, I'm just not feeling it. I, I don't. I you didn't like her in Endgame. No, no, I really didn't. No, wow. I'm she sorry. Was, she was a badass in that movie. Yeah, she, she was. She was all right. Uh, moving on to the next one. <laughs> this is our, our final topic on WandaVision, and um, it's more so just because we both love the commercials. I wanted to get into this commercial. It felt like I was watching Nickelodeon or uh, selling me '90s Gogurt uh, in right after school. Like it was so great. You had the classic claymation. Very different from the previous commercials we've seen in the sense that there's no actual people in it. We've been seeing these these two constant figures, which I've been saying I think is going to end up being Wanda's parents. Now, unless they're the two narrating this commercial, then it's a completely standalone commercial from the others where it's just this this animated concept of this shark giving a kid on, a, on an island uh, this Yo Magic uh, yogurt. Um, Frankie, what did you think of the commercial and what do you think it really meant? Um, I love the commercial. I, I've loved all of them. They're like just hidden with Easter eggs and stuff like that. And everyone believes that uh, they're all hints. Uh, I mean, one, not everyone, but a lot of people believe that they're hints to the Infinity Stones. Um, I saw a theory that um, I hadn't heard of until this one, but that they are all like a timeline of her life. Um, going into this one which would be floating on the raft uh, in civil war when she's locked up and that's interesting i didn't i hadn't heard that and uh i'm trying to get the the list of all the the commercials so we get so i can get the other the order but that would go into what i talked about the lagos one where where civil war uh and then this one would be it when she's on the raft imprisonated and she's got her magic abilities but she's locked up and she can't reach to it and and she's she's going that crazy. makes total sense i i hadn't heard that theory before but i i like that a lot we we briefly discussed the time uh the gemstone theory the infinity stone theory last week uh unfortunately i had to cut it out because we had some editing issues but but yeah i, I still believe in the infinity war theory and i was trying to think of what stone this represents um because the soul stone. we know that the the soul stone exactly um and then i was also thinking okay so what is the we know that it 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 will represent a stone and it will represent a tragic moment in wanda's life um so the tragic moment for me when i saw the skull i immediately thought of vision that vision's dead and that her magic is the only thing that that could potentially bring it back Mm -hmm. um i i i think we if we're going with the soul stone and if we're going with the whole infinity stone thing, then it's definitely the soul stone. Uh, but there's still, there's still some, some doubts in me, especially after watching this latest commercial 
if it's in fact the jump so like now you kind of sold me on your theory that makes total sense yeah because i'm looking okay so to poke a hole on that one real quick uh, the yeah th the thing with the soul stone like i i would it would be the best stone to represent this commercial right um but wanda has no idea about the soul stone at this point in in infinity war remember she gets she gets uh nobody knew about the soul stone until endgame when when they talked about it uh when they actually had to go when uh right nat, nat and um hawkeye had to go right there there they didn't know the cost of it so uh, and and we know from uh, Endgame when Wanda gets snapped back, that's literally like five ten minutes from when she died. So she has no way of getting this knowledge. So if like even if it was some like a subconscious way of like implementing the Infinity Stones in this, it it doesn't really like have much evidence there. But um, to, for the timeline theory, that this is all just uh, all these commercials have something to do with her growing up. So the first one was the to the Stark Industries toaster. And we know a Stark bomb killed Wanda's parents when they were right, when correct. She was 10. Then the next one is the Hydra watch, the, the ticking clock. And we know, and the, the Strucker, the Von Strucker. Von Strucker was the one who brainwashed and experimented on them. We know mm -hmm, that happened mm -hmm. right then. I only have, I don't remember the other ones. The Lagos, we talked about this. Um, I think but one of them was, was the bath soap. The bath soap. Um, I th oh, that's the cube. The cosmic cube yes. that gave them the powers. Okay. Uh, and that yeah, goes, your your theory definitely makes sense. And then the paper towel commercial was the Lagos brand paper towels. Lagos, we know, is the area where uh, that set off civil war, where she accidentally killed those people. Uh, where which I say still say it's not her fault. A lot more people would have died if if she hadn't done tried to get um, crossbones away from them. Um, that was a complete accident, not her fault. Uh, and then we know this one, if this one is true, that it's the time uh, it, when she's in the raft, it all kind of ties together. Yeah, I think you may have sold me on that theory because this commercial definitely pokes some holes into the Infinity Stones theory that we were thinking about. It's still very much possible. I mean, let's be honest. We don't, we yeah, don't, we don't know, we don't know what the hell Marvel is thinking. They're way better at this than we are. We just love obsessing over it. Um, but, but I definitely love that theory. And, and again, I love these commercials. They are so on point with the era that they're representing. Like I, I went back and I rewatched the, just the commercial because I was so blown away with like how late nineties, early two thousands it felt. Yeah. It, it, it was so like on the money, on the nose that, like you said, Gogurt, uh, I'm thinking, uh, what was that? Do you remember the orange powder? drink thing um damn that i'm just i'm just drawing a blank sun kissed no 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 uh damn that that it was like a, a monkey tang oh tang tang <laughs> like they, there was so yeah of course i love tang yeah <laughs> so there's like so many nods to like 90s era like it just this this whole episode with the whole malcolm in the middle uh, influence um, and, and the they absolutely nailed it. They nailed I mean, the it. way they shot it, just every little detail, uh, knocked it out of the park. So it, it leaves me thinking now, Frankie. If we're gonna go into this next decade, if they're gonna continue it, um, do we think they're gonna go Modern Family in this next one? Because they're very clearly going with whatever struck the zeitgeist of that decade. And for, for whatever you felt about Malcolm in the Middle, it set up ten years worth of family sitcoms in that late in that early 2000s era like it was it very much 
was the zeitgeist of that. And I feel like if you move into 2010s, I mean, you have to give it to Modern Family. That's been the, the sitcom that's, de- that's dominated the last decade. I, I didn't watch any of the trailers or, or teasers for WandaVision because I knew I was going to watch it no matter what. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I have heard that people uh, saw whatever was happened in the trailer for the, this decade coming up uh, is very similar to Modern Family. So that's uh, mockumentary that, style. Yes. I, what, if, so, what if they give us a sword The Office episode? Oh, I'll fucking oh, lose it. They're, and they're <laughs> in it, too. That'd be great. That would oh, be amazing. I would absolutely kill for that. And, and, and then you bring in John Krasinski as Reed Richard and gives <laughs> a little, little Jim look to the camera. Just a little nod to the audience. That'd be fantastic. I would, I would actually love that. Well, I, I mean, I can't wait. I, I, we say it every week. It gets better and better. I look forward to Friday night. It is, um, it, it's an event for me. And, and I'm, I'm loving this show so, so much. Yeah, it's it's lived up to the hype. Um, while I don't think this episode left us with that wow, like holy shit, uh, ending like like the last one did, uh, it still left you with a with a lot to like um, to think about um, the hex expanding and and what that means. Um, you know, I we we definitely think Monica got away and Jimmy Wu just for the just for the story purposes. Uh, they definitely got away from the hex, so I'm excited for it. Um, I we have three more episodes left. I know we have about three hours of film, of of story left. So I'm super excited. I hope we really do get the hour long episodes because I'm tired of that. Please stand by message at the end of each it's episode. my biggest enemy, I, and it always it, it never fails. It comes up and I scream no. <laughs> yeah i'm like no come on and, and you know we're we're so spoiled with the mcu that we always had an end credit scene to to look forward to but we don't even get that this year this uh show and you know like an idiot every week i check it and i'm like what if they just gave us an- <laughs> what if, what if maybe they just stuck it in there real quick and i didn't pay attention oh that would have been awful yep, yep um but yeah i can't wait obviously we'll be back next week to discuss wandavision episode seven uh, and a bunch of other things. But before we go, we're going to leave you with our final segment of the day. And that is our big three segment. Now, Christian was going to join me on this one. So Frankie, I don't know if you have a big three set up, but I got mine right here. We're going to be discussing big three pandemic binges, pandemic watches. Uh, I was discussing this with some friends the other day that I do think there's been a lot of projects that have benefited from the pandemic, from the fact that you are at home just searching for content to watch. Um, there's, there's some things that I think benefit from the at-home experience as opposed to probably how you would have enjoyed them had there not been this pandemic going on. And I'm going to give you an example of that with my first one, an excellent movie on Hulu called Palm Springs. This is with Andy Samberg. It is hilarious. It is a romantic comedy um, about kind of like Groundhog's Day, this guy that just keeps reliving the same wedding day, uh, uh, that he's, a wedding party that he's attending over and over and over. And it's really quirky and zany. And it's the type of movie that if it wasn't just streaming at home for me, I probably wouldn't have watched. Um, I did not expect to like it so much. It was hilarious. It was a fun hour and a half long movie. Great way to spend a Friday night. Had I seen it in a movie theater and paid box office money for it, probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. But the fact that it was available for me at home in a time when I am just absolutely clamoring for something new to watch, 
uh, it was phenomenal. And I think a lot of people had the same experience with it. It was a surprise hit for Hulu, if you will, um, because, again, it was the perfect medium for it to be delivered in. Yeah, I uh, haven't seen that yet, but I, I've heard good things about it. Um, the thing about the pandemic was there was uh, a lot of stoppage or a lot of pe- a lot of companies and film industry, the whole film industry had to stop and pause. Uh, yep. Rightfully so, I might add. Uh, Absolutely. To, to combat the, uh, the pandemic and, and try to, you know, help things out the best way they could. Um, so I had a, had a bit of a comfort binge when I, I, I saw this on Netflix. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, but I watched Community and hey, I absolutely, I absolutely love Community. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's Giancarlo's pay, That's coming out of Giancarlo's paycheck. Uh, cause that's the heapy, uh, notification. Uh, um, yeah, we got a game in a little while. Yeah, but uh, John, uh, John Carlo. But uh, Community is one of my favorite watches. It's so funny. It's such great characters, such great act, uh, acting. Um, the storylines are phenomenal. Like it, it feels, it feels familiar yet unfamiliar, which is one of my favorite like things to describe a show. I just love a show that it feels like I feel comfort watching it, um, but it's still really good and fresh uh, at the same time. And a highly, highly bingeable show too. You let that play for hours and hours. Um, My number two. So actually my two and three, uh, I'm going to only give you my number two, but the reason that I selected my two and three was because the thing that I've missed most is going to the movie theaters. And what I mean by that is the whole event aspect of it, the event that you're going to see something you're excited about, something new, something that you're, that you think is really just going to like blow you away. And my number two was the last dance. The Last Dance was something that, I mean, jaw-dropping to watch. Again, we were clamoring for content, and it felt like an event every Sunday night. Those two hours flew by, and we couldn't get enough of it. And it was the first moment in the entire pandemic uh, experience. Sorry, I'm getting emotional here. Uh, Is (laughs) It's like I said, like we were, it was a very communal aspect. We were all excited for this. We were all watching it together and couldn't wait to discuss it after. There was nothing up until that moment in the pandemic that, that everyone was so in on together. Yeah, it, it was a, a live tweet event, which uh, it's the best to consume because everybody, yeah, it shows your timeline uh, unity and and you get to uh, experience it together, make jokes. It feels like you're all watching it together on the on the one ginormous couch. Uh, yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I love the last dance. Um, I I thought it was very funny how uh, I, I I just hate when uh, bio, biographical series or films, autobiographical series or films are done because they always like make themselves up way better than they need. Oh to yeah. Be. And it's Michael fucking Jordan. Of course, he's yeah. gonna like stretch out the the truth as much as possible. Of course, just, he was he was walking on water for ten straight hours. Yeah, <laughs> he like he made himself look so much cooler than he was, and like he's he's already one of the coolest people to ever exist. So it was great for his brand. It was a really enjoyable watch. Uh, my number two. I was going back and forth with this. I I, I I'm not gonna put Tiger King on my number two because it. It was a moment, but I, it's also kind of forgettable as well. Um, once you've seen it, 
Um, and I'm going to go with Umbrella Academy. I had not been able to watch hey. it until the pandemic. Uh, it's a show that I, I had started the first episode uh, and it took me a while to get into. And uh, this was like my third or fourth try, which is a common theme to me with me. You'll find uh, it took me like three watches to get Game of Thrones in and uh, so just to get through the first episode. But it was it's very good show. It's it's very hooking and uh, the characters are great. Uh, it's very interesting and it, it fits into like my, my love for superheroes and, and powers and, and that sci-fi world. What's your number? Nice. Three? So my final one, and I hate to be that guy, but I have to put WandaVision on the list for the, for just for the sole reason, kind of like the last dance. It's an event. I look forward to it every Friday night, especially with the fact that I'm not going to movie theaters right now. This is the closest thing I have to it. And being able to talk about it with you guys immediately after, like, it's that communal experience that it, it, we're, we're very much lacking right now outside in the real world. So, you know, WandaVision, it's already exceeding my expectations. But just the fact that I wake up Friday morning and I make it a point to I'm not going to check Twitter. I'm not going to check Twitter. And then I sit down at night and I get to enjoy it. And it's, it's the closest thing I have to the movie experience in this entire year. Yeah, and it's been a fantastic watch, uh, fantastic to to like think about and, and theorize and and all that. And my TikToks uh, for you page is just filled with theories, and I, I love that. And you know, give me as much Elizabeth Olsen as I can get. I absolutely oh my god adore in her. the red costume, please. I adore her. She's fantastic, um, and it's it's definitely one of my favorite watches. I wouldn't count it as one of my pandemic watches because I'm going for more for things that I didn't get to watch, or uh, my me personally, I'm going for more for things yeah. I didn't get to watch, or like it took uh, until the pandemics for me to sit down and actually watch this. So my number one, which really became one of my favorite series, and like I'm obsessed with this series now, uh, but I I kind of like when it came out, I really missed it. Uh, just because of my age and like what I was doing in life. Um, but I'm going to put Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra on there. It All is right. legitimately one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Uh, what, some of the greatest characters I've ever seen. I want to do a whole episode of it. I, I know you probably haven't watched it. Uh, Definitely it, have not watched it, but I, I will prepare for the for the pod. I'll, I'll give you that. But it's it's legitimately so good so such well-rounded characters such an uh, such a great world building uh that they did for uh for avatar and for legend of Korra. and i watched this like i binged this like create like in like two weeks when it came out on netflix and then legend of Korra wasn't out so i had to find an illegal streaming service which here at Streambeat we would never condone to we would never but if you have one send it to me yeah but uh <laughs> man it's such a great show uh it's like for all ages and it it it's well so well-rounded that um the ending is phenomenal the the whole storyline is great the characters are are incredible uh some of the greatest redemption stories you'll ever see and uh legend of core and like they, they really go in like it's the politics and stuff and you see the 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 villains like real with their political theories and stuff and and uh like what they want to do to the world it's so crazy like and this is supposedly aimed at children and like teens and it's you know i'm 28 years old last year watching that and i'm like damn this is still fire 
And I, I had heard, you know, like I had just missed this because when this came out, I had start, I was really playing a lot of baseball and I couldn't, I didn't have, to, and I had a girlfriend and I didn't have time to watch. I wasn't watching any TV, uh, but I missed out on a lot of greatness and I'm glad I finally got to watch it because it's incredible. Highly recommend. There you go. Well, it, you definitely sold it. So uh, I'll be sure to add it to my list. So that's our big three for this week. Um, definitely want to hear from you guys. Let us know in the comments section and our write us subscribe, rate, review, all that. But let us know what you watched, what we should be watching. We will be back next week to discuss more WandaVision and anything else. We're going to see, uh, I think Tiffany Meeks may or may not join us. We're going to check the schedule, but we're going to have another uh, guest join us next week and we're going to um, definitely get into more stuff. Frankie, thank you for joining me today. This was an absolute blast, and I can't wait for the next one. As always, brother, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, keep on streaming on. <laughs>